joy is a, is a huge form of protest because the people that are usually oppressing you or, or telling you, you know, as women that you're not funny or, you know, as a person of color that you can't do something or that, you know, all of these things like joy is sort of the biggest fuck you is like, mm-hmm. yeah, you want me to not have these things? Watch this. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Urban, and our guest today is <laughs> the incredible Jody Sweeten. But before we talk to Jody, oh my god, we're gonna do something before we talk to Jody. I know. How yeah. do we even do anything before that? <laughs> like, we'll keep it short, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, well, we'll keep it short. We'll keep it short. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because uh, right. we want to get straight to that interview. Yes, um, it's a pretty great interview. Solid guest. Very few edits. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. No, really, truly. Truly. But in the meantime, I mean, before we get there, Nikki, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, this is a very exciting uh, realization for me. Was realizing um, since September, I have uh, gotten paid. My sole income has been from acting, which is very cool. Badass. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's gonna last because, like, uh, you know, the timing is very good to be booking commercials right now. Oh, because like, yeah, they had a bunch of. Like, because they're, they're coming back and filming stuff? Uh, it, no, actually, at the end of the year, commercials, it's a really good time oh. as a commercial actor because everybody is trying to, all these companies are trying to use up their budget. Oh. And so they need to justify what budget they had set. So if they've got this extra money left over, they're like, we got to shoot commercials. commercials. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like the Plus end of the year. Plus they've got the holidays coming. Yep. So it's impetus to make new ads, right? Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Okay. And then like those last two weeks of the year are always like... You know, there's always tons of shoots. So I've been really, really lucky, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And granted, it's not, you know, a ton of money, but, uh, and I'm waiting for it to come in, but it's pretty cool to be like, hey, this is how I'm making my living right now. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time ever. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I told my mom and she was like, oh my God, I'm so glad. She's like, you've been working so hard. She's like, you've been paying to be an actor. And I'm like, I know. Yeah, and now you get paid. Now I get paid. Yeah. And it's very cool. It's very nice. Yeah, I love it so much. Like, it, it took a while to get used to, for sure, of like working that nine to five or nine to six for her so many years. Yeah. And to now be like, oh, okay, let me get used to this. And that like, it's okay to not be a... Uh, constantly trying to fit things into my schedule and fit Mm. creative stuff into my schedule it's very exciting to be able to like take my time with things and recognize that i have uh, that's the hardest thing is recognizing that i have genuinely worked very hard at this for a long long time like and have earned the place that you're yeah yeah yeah. like yeah yeah so that's pretty cool yeah 100 percent. how are you oh i'm great new dog mom we got our dog oh my gosh it's hard yes we have we are between two names um luna and frizzle because we can't decide if she is like a princess or if she is like a spaz um (laughs) (laughs) she seems to be a little bit both um she's great i'm so happy it's it's like I, I tell Lauren this all the time, but it's so fun to watch him co-parent our dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just like, and we're going to be exactly the same girl. Like last night, 
she has a cone because she got spayed. So we picked mm-hmm. her up from the vet. And Lauren was like, do we have to leave the cone on her? And I was like, we're going to spoil not only our dog, but also our children fucking rotten. We're going to be yes. the worst. Because <laughs> like, you know, we got her like this nice expensive dog bed. And then last night in the middle of the night with her cone on, she like climbed up to our bed. And like, we were like, obviously you can sleep here. We're not going <laughs> to kick you off the bed. <laughs> yes. So we're going to spoil that dog rotten. Oh my gosh. Lucky dog. But you know, the dog deserves it. It's crazy. She's perfect. We're, we're like, she's perfect. Obviously she's our dog. So we think she's perfect. Right, but we're right, like, right. she's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty perfect. I got to meet her. So. She's really sweet. Uh, yeah. Uh, very exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're in a, uh, it's great. This is like the best decision I think we could have made. We're so happy. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, dogs are the best. They're the best. You know who else is the best? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Y'all, our guest today, uh, she's a hero of both Kate and I uh, since we were, you know, little little babes. Uh, She's from Full House and Fuller House. She's an actress host. Uh, It's Jody Sweeten. Oh, my gosh. Jody. Hey, ladies. Hello. Hello. Hi. Okay, so on on our podcast, this is about having uh, girl crushes on on funny women, right? And so we are going to be fangirling. I hope that's okay. I I can always use the ego boost. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Uh, You are, for real, though, my original comedy girl crush. Like, 100%, like, growing up, Stephanie Tanner, I think, was, like, such a, a comedic hero to, like, young girls who wanted to also be funny yes oh thank you and you were so i mean you're so talented you were just such a a fun person to watch and grow up with and like again i mean 100 you were my original comedy girl crush like oh. absolutely oh my gosh yes. thank you so much that's i mean that really means a lot because because uh, you said i'm funny <laughs> <laughs> so that's really what i took away from that um no but i seriously i i thank you so much like you know, playing that character has been so much fun over the years and, and getting to come back and bring some of that Stephanie Snark to Fuller House and have her be sort of the edgiest one on the show was fun. Yes. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I was a little bit curious, like coming into that show, uh, like how much input on like what Stephanie as an adult do you feel like you got to kind of have and like how did your experiences sort of influence that character? Uh, I got to have a lot, actually. You know, when we started pitching fuller um it was me candace andrea john stamos and um jeff franklin our creator and bob boyette one of the produ- executive producers that were going out and pitching it two places so we were really involved in it from the beginning um and you know luckily they already kind of had this idea of who steph was going to be and then i just got to kind of play within that framework so Luckily, Steph was already going to be, you know, a, a DJ that was traveling the world and doing, you know, kind of having all this fun stuff. Um, and then I just got to, to, you know, be the one that uh, that amped it up a little bit here and there. And I mean, they gave me, I mean, I there were a lot of jokes and stuff that I made that they wrote in. And there were a lot of ones that I made. That they were like, you can't say that on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I... I had a lot of fun and I think that was one of the nice things too about doing the show as an adult was getting to come back and have that input that maybe you didn't have as a kid, you know, as, yeah. as to who your character was and, and kind of what the storylines were and where things were going. Um, we had a, a lot more say in that this time around. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Except for the non-funny episodes, anything that happened on the show that wasn't funny, I had nothing to do with <laughs> I don't 
don't know who was in the writer's room that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is, be- is being funny, like, that's like that's it for you? Like, that's your, like, oh, your goal is, like, I just want to be funny. You know, I, it's uh, it's funny. No, um, <laughs> I kind of, like, in the last few, I mean, I've always been this kind of snarky, sarcastic, really dark-humored um, person. And I think only now am I really getting to explore that side a little bit more. Uh, I think because people for so long have had me as, um, you know, a kid in, yeah. in their eyes. And so getting to be an adult now and, 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 you know, share my humor a little bit more authentically about who I really am. And I do that on my podcast with them. Never thought I'd say this with my friend Celia, like we are really raw and inappropriately funny about our parenting. Um, and, you know, it's been nice to be able to be that person because that's kind of who I am. Like, I don't, it's very hard for me to take almost anything seriously. Like I'm, I'm the giggler at a funeral. I am the, like the, a person that's like, if we're having, you know, the like company wide, whatever, like sexual harassment, you know, thing that I'm like, I can't not make comment. Like I can't keep my mouth shut and just be serious. So, but you know, I love, comedy it's something that has always come second nature to me my brain moves like five thousand miles an hour so i'm constantly evaluating a situation and having running commentary in my head and so i'm just glad that uh other people find it mildly amusing (laughs) (laughs) and it's like it's true like from the time you were very very small like right like from the time you could talk you were being funny right i was and you know one of the greatest compliments that i've ever gotten my entire life was was Bob Saget who said he said you you at five years old had better comedic timing than most stand-up comedians that had been doing this for 20 years he said you just were born with an ability to be funny and you got timing you got rhythm like you just he's like you just knew when to say something how to say it like you just did so that for me you know I, I Bob is family and also one of the funniest people I know and so I've always he's always said that to me like you're just really funny you're really good and so like that is a huge compliment to me you know my my tv dad who is uh uh, also a very famous stand-up comedian is like yeah you you got it you got it you got it and it's natural yeah yeah I mean I you know there's I I I just this is kind of who I am all the time yeah um I'm just kind of a snarky sarcastic asshole and uh you know it's worked well for me (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome like you really you get to make this your life is being exactly who you are Um, yeah and you're also you're like a musical person as well right like you you're a dancer so you understand like rhythm right oh Uh, yeah yeah i danced all growing up through high school i still dance occasionally um i'll do like hip-hop classes or ballet or whatever you know i still love to dance um but now i'm like you know 40 and you just don't get to do it all the time as often so you know, I love that. I did. I went to a musical theater. Um, I went to a performing arts high school. I went to OSHA, the Orange County High School of the Arts. I did musical theater for four years. I've done voice lessons. So, you know, everything you hear uh, Steph's thing on Fuller is me. Um, and that was fun, too. I got to, you know, have the opportunity to sing a little bit, which was also something that I was terrified to do in front of people. And then uh, people were like, no, you can actually do this. And I was like, are you sure? Uh, and, and it's gone pretty well. So, you know, it's been fun finding out all of these 
things about myself. I love hearing that because I think that when you sometimes when you see someone, you don't know if they can sing and then you see them sing on television. You're like, oh, I don't know if that's actually them or if they hired another voice actor. But and a lot of times it's not the actual person. But yeah, I did get to sing on the show. There was I think there was one time even on the show. I sang for the baby, like a song I wrote or something for when Steph had the baby. And uh, I think I sang that one live, actually. I did not play the guitar, though, because I can't play guitar. Uh, That's the one thing that I cannot do that they're like, Steph's the singer-songwriter. I'm like, Steph's the fucking singer, okay? (laughs) You can't, like, I don't know chords. I don't, like, none of it. So it's all fake. And I just am like, can we, like, just hear? Like, just like a nice, nice little close up. Yeah. Um, cause I can't, I can't actually play guitar, but the singing is on. <laughs> have you ever uh, tried to learn to play guitar just out of curiosity? I have. They actually, I learned how to play guitar very minimally, uh, when Steph had the band Girl Talk on the show Full House. Originally, they basically got, um, one of John's friends, uh, Lanny Cordola, who's an amazing human, uh, to come down and like two weeks ahead of the show, two or three weeks, like start teaching me a crash course in guitar. And the problem is I have really tiny hands. I have very small hands and it's just like, I need a small neck car. It's a whole thing. My, like my grip strength sucks. So really I'm just not a, a it's guitar is never going to be my, my strong suit. You know what? It's fine. You, you can sing, you can dance, you can make us laugh. Uh, <laughs> what the hell do you want? You know what I mean? Yeah, like if I can't I... play guitar, get over it. You yeah. Uh, you're a triple threat already. You don't have to be anything more. <laughs> so coming into your own as a comedian now, you're hosting. Yeah, you're, yeah, your late night show tonight. Yeah, it's called your late night show tonight. And um, uh, I know you, uh, Nikki, you said you had uh, hosted one a couple years ago. It's really fun. Basically, they have rotating, uh, you know, for people that haven't heard of it before, they have rotating comedians that come in and host their very own late night show sort of like you know the daily show or john oliver or you know any of those with complete with ridiculous sketches and interviews and fun desk bits and you know all that kind of stuff so i'm really excited about it i've had a big hand in writing and creating this show um which will be november 19th which is yeah. um yeah november 19th at 7 30 p.m you can get your tickets at nowherecomedyclub.com it will be streaming uh, online. So wherever you are in the world, you can watch it. Um, and I'm really, really excited for people to see it unless it sucks, in which case I will disavow all knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) How did you end up getting into, uh, into this uh, hosting this show? You know, it's really funny. I actually, it's sort of a, a, a bit of a long and windy road. Uh, so, uh, during the pandemic, I, uh, became online friends as we all did with um, this comedian, Steve Hofstetter. I don't know if you know Steve. Yeah. Um, I love Steve. He's great. He and I somehow connected, I think over political stuff. Cause I'm also very political and politically active and all of that. And I was, and I am on my social media a lot in that regard. And so Steve and I kind of became friends and just started like chatting, you know, uh, um, online. And one day he called and said, Hey, we're doing this show called the social distance social club um can you would you want to come on and host and like guest host it's a bunch he's like it's literally a bunch of comedians and and i was like but what then why are you inviting me i'm not a comedian he's like yeah you are (laughs) so i started (laughs) hosting that uh and taking over for steve um when he actually had to leave on tour he asked me if i would take over his spot hosting the show 
So I did that and through that became friends with Ben Glebe and Chris Bowers um, and uh, a lot of other comedians. And through doing that, Ben Glebe actually was hosting your late night show tonight with the guys. And he asked, he said, I'd love for you to come on and um, do an interview with me and then just kind of banter back and forth for like, you know, whatever, 15, 20 minutes. I was like, absolutely. I'll be the, you know, the Ed McMandy or Johnny Carson. So uh, <laughs> I went on the show and did it. And I, I mean, I apparently I had a couple really great one-liners that just killed everybody. And after that, Ben and Gil came up to me and were like, would you want to do yours? Cause we think it would be really great. And that's how it happened. So it, you know, it's through this awesome connection of really hilarious and wonderful uh, comedians and humans that I've met sort of through the internet and through doing all of this stuff uh, and, and, just getting presented with different opportunities to really grow in that area of my career. So it's been great. And I, I think it was a huge compliment because these are all um, comedians that I, I find hilarious and very smart. And uh, yeah, so it's nice. Have you, have you done stand up yourself? I have not. I, 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 I probably have thought I was doing stand up while telling a really good story a time or two, but um <laughs> But like I tend to be like, all right, everyone, prepare yourselves. Here comes the story. But uh, like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's like lots of acting out and there's thing whole moments. Um, but no, I actually have never done stand up because uh, it's fucking terrifying. And right? also, um, <laughs> I've never sat down and written. I'm not good at like sitting and focusing on the writing portion of it. So, yeah, yeah. I feel that I'm I'm the same way. Like, oh, let me host all day long, but <laughs> I'll host all day long. I'll throw stuff. Like, if you give me a framework, I'm like, I got jokes. I'll come yes. up with stuff, whatever. But I'm like, just starting from scratch. I'm like, I don't know. Nothing's funny. And <laughs> no, yeah. And also, like, you don't you don't have to do stand up. Most people get into stand up so they can end up where you are, where they're like, right, right, right. Absolutely. I feel like I yeah. Sometimes I feel like if I went to go doing the stand up, you know. To 10 minute sets at 2 a.m. at the comedy store I'd be like wait you know I feel like I went and did this in reverse um, <laughs> but, but no I love it and it, it's I mean I, I I love making people laugh so you um you said prior to this that you didn't uh you didn't think of yourself as a comedian when Stephen asked you if you wanted to be on the show has that did that shift now that you've started doing comedy I mean I think a little bit again you know because I haven't ever done stand-up I'm like look I'm not a stand-up comedian I won't go so far as to say that um because there are people that work their asses off to, to, to do that job and I just get to come in and have fun and be silly um but I definitely think of myself more as a comedian now and I think like because people have because I've gotten the opportunity to do that more in the last couple of years where I do just get to kind of be myself. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care if, if, if people like it or think it's offensive or think whatever, like I'm like, this is funny. This is what we do. And um, now that I've gotten that feedback and that people are like, no, you actually, we take you seriously. I think that was it too. I was, yeah. I knew it was funny. I mean, I knew I was, didn't totally suck. Um, people laughed in conversation around me, <laughs> but um I think I just didn't, I didn't, everyone always thinks they're, they're funny. I mean, apparently I didn't, but you know, you're like, oh yeah, I'm a funny person. And then you get around funny people and you're like, I'm boring. Um, <laughs> but that wasn't the case. And so now I think it's finding that confidence in myself that I've kind of been like, oh shit, I can do this. All right, yeah. I, can, I can hang with the comedians. I can, I can toss it back and forth, you know? Um, and a big piece of that is growing up with 
Bob and Dave. I mean, when Bob and Dave are around, I'm like, I'm in the middle of it with them, talking jokes back and forth. Like, you know, I've out Bob's Bob. Yeah. As far as like being really offensive one time, I said some joke. I, I can't remember what it was. Thank God. I've probably blacked it out of my memory, whatever I said. Uh, and Bob just looked at me and goes, wow. <laughs> Did I out Bob Bob? He's like, yeah, I don't even know if I would have said that. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm so happy. It have been so completely dark and distasteful. But uh, You even found his line. That's hilarious. I did. I did. I, apparently I found Bob's line. And his line has also, you know, pulled back over the years. I think he's like, I did it. I've been that, you know, over the top, whatever ridiculous person. Now I'm bringing it back a little bit. Um, I am just getting there. So I'm just pushing the boundaries. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, growing up around comedians definitely helped to shape, you know, my sense of humor and who I am mm-hmm. and sort of the material that I, that I think is funny and yeah. how quickly my brain works or like how I'm always looking for, how can I turn this into a joke? What's an innuendo? What's a, you know, I mean, I, I'm the person that like, I'll sit at the mall and just make up stories about people in my head. I'll be like, yeah. Oh that's Kevin and Alicia. Oh, Alicia's having a bad trip on something. Like, she, you know, and just like have this, create this whole story in my head of like, always fucking Kevin. Like her back hurts right now and she wants to sit down, but like this asshole's still making her walk around the mall. But, yeah, yeah, like this stupid thing. I entertain myself, I guess. <laughs> well, that's, it makes sense, right? Because you've got this brain that's like constantly, constantly moving, right? And like, yeah, what else are you going to do? But it's either that or tell myself you know, I should just quit everything and like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like get buried by the usual comedian uh, depression, but you know, yeah, right, right. Other to do other things. I love that story in your in your memoir about being, you know, being just a little, just like a little squirt and going to see Bob at you know the Laugh Factory. I did. I went. I went from. to see him. Yeah, I went to see him at the Laugh Factory. I mean, I didn't go to see him. I was right. very close with Bob and his family, um, and he has uh, three daughters and. Uh, I was kind of right around um, his oldest daughter's age. She was maybe a little younger than I was, about, right about the same age. And then he had his two younger ones. And I used to go to his house on weekends and like spend time with his kids and have sleepovers. They'd come to our house. Like I was really close with Bob and his, and his family. And so um, it would be like after a tape night, I'd go home, you know, he'd take me from set uh, and I'd go to his house for the weekend with him and his wife. And uh, there was one time that, he was like, so I got a late, like a last minute, you know, 15 minute set here at uh, Laugh Factory. You're gonna have to come with me. And I remember like going in the back door of the club and they like, you know, snuck me in, sat me up on a speaker in the back where I got to flash his little, you know, five minute warning light. And uh, it was great. And it was fun. And I probably totally didn't understand most of the jokes, but I knew that they were funny somehow and that I wasn't supposed to be laughing. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, I think uh, I think back on a, a lot of like s- jokes that my dad told when I was a kid that I'm like, wow, that was really inappropriate for a child. <laughs> but then it's it sticks with you. Right. Because you're like you that's that's your frame of reference for like, oh, this is funny. Right. I now have two. And I, I, I mean, I, my daughters are very funny. They're very snarky, funny, smart people. Um, and they crack me up and, you know, of course I don't like you, you, you got it from me. And they're like, mm. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm totally lame cause I'm mom. Um, but you know, I look at it and like, there are times I make a joke and I'm like, oh my God, I can't, 
did I just say that? And I'm like, and I literally go, I'm so sorry, you guys. That was really inappropriate. But it was so funny. I had to say it. I couldn't. And they're like, I know, I get it. (laughs) So, yeah. They're like, yeah, mom, go for the joke. No, always go for the joke. They did. Yeah, they're like, always go for the joke. I mean, just, you got to go for it. And I, like, they say some things around me sometimes, and I'm like, Oh, but that was good. But that was good. See, I can't even be mad. I can't even be mad because that was a that was a good ball joke. <laughs> Are they wanting to follow in your footsteps? My younger one wants to be a performer of some sort. She uh, loves theater. She's an amazing singer. She's 11, um, sixth grade. She loves doing all that kind of stuff. My older one is more of an athlete, soccer. Um, that's kind of her thing right now. And she's also a little bit older. So like anything that mom wants to do is, completely like ew no so (laughs) so i don't know if i'll have i don't know if i'll have any perform i will my younger one is a performer my older one i'm not sure what she wants to do yet um but i just like her to you know get through middle school and not fail oh my gosh middle school yeah i'm an eighth grader and a sixth grader it's a lot (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of emotions happening in this house for a very unemotional woman, I'm like, this is a lot. Like I said, I make jokes out of things, and I'm like, oh, don't do that. Because <laughs> that's how I cope. I'm like, someone died, let's make a joke. And uh, yeah, not does not work out well. Yeah, and they're like, mom, my eighth grade drama is serious. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, yes, of course. Totally. Yeah. Oh, you were going to ask that great question about... Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, this is just something that I was curious about. Um, because, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think Stephanie Tanner was a huge role model for me. And then uh, obviously, like, de facto you. Um, yeah. Because you brought so much your life to that character. And I'm curious to know, like, were you aware of, like, that when you were younger, when you were, like, in it, of, like, the impact you were having on, like, young girls? Absolutely not. I Well... <laughs> No, and and yes, sort of in a weird way. I guess for me, like I never watched the show growing up. I didn't. I didn't care. I was on TV. I didn't like. It wasn't. I didn't want to watch myself. I was like, whatever. I did that. I did that show. Like I don't need to watch it. I know what happened. Um, and I just am not like overly impressed with the fact that I'm on TV. Still to this day, I'm like, I'm not impressed with watching myself. I'm like, look, I'm on TV. I'm like, oh god, don't make that face again. Um, <laughs> and it's just, but it's just my blank face. So that's fine. um but I as a kid I knew the show was really popular. Mm-hmm. I mean I knew kids in my class watched it. I knew I would go to do like an autograph signing somewhere and like legit 10,000 people would show up to a mall in Iowa or you know I knew like it was a huge thing but at the same time like I was just a kid so I didn't understand like why can't I just go to the mall and like have you know why can't I walk to school? Why get like why why is this such a big deal? Why do people make such a big deal about this? Like, don't they know? It's just like, just kind of what I do. Like I didn't, I was never starstruck really by anybody. I was never like, Oh, I was just like, all right, cool. That's another person, you know, like not jaded, but again, just really like, they're just another human being to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I don't know if it was from growing up in this business or if I'm just sort of unimpressed with people to begin with. <laughs> and, you know, after the last couple of years, I'm beginning to think it's the latter. Uh, but <laughs> the impact it had. But to this day, you know, whenever I go do a podcast or I go do, you know, a, an interview somewhere it appears, and like people are like, oh, my God, you have no idea like what you meant to me. Or people that have said, like, I watched, you know, your 
Christmas movies or whatever with my grandmother when she was dying. And that was the one thing we connected on. And that, like, I want you to know that you had a really important part of that piece of my life. I'm always just like, really? That's me? <laughs> I, like, it just, it, 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 it shocks me, I guess, because I take it lightly. I definitely know that I have a platform and I use it to, to try and, and, and create the change that I want to see in the world and to be a better person. But it's just amazing to me that, you know, uh, this show, uh, Full House in particular, but so much of what I've done has had a huge impact on people. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. Like, I just, I, I, I guess it's the fact that I, I don't know if I understand why people uh, are that impacted by me. Because <laughs> I know what goes on up here and I'm like, if they only knew. Uh, I, am, <laughs> I am a disaster. But, um... But yeah, it, it means the world to me. Like I, I'm so honored by it and I don't, I don't take it lightly. So I, I definitely know, you know, that I have the ability and the opportunity and the good fortune to have uh, a little bit of weight behind my voice and what I do and, and, and that people like it and relate to it and enjoy it. And, you know, in writing my book in 2009, I still have people that come up to me and say like, you know, I read your book and you, you have no idea how you changed my life. And to me, that is like, really? You know, like, I, I just I just wanted to share my story and who I am and uh, to know that that has changed people's life or that they've seen themselves in my story and done something different or whatever like that. That just means a lot to me. So. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Is there something that you've, you've seen, uh, like, like uh, uh, that has had an impact on you the way people have communicated you've had an impact on them um i think you know for me when i see people making the greatest impact it's not necessarily celebrities or anything like that i do a lot of stuff i, I haven't the last couple months i've been working but you know i try to do a lot of um mutual aid stuff on the ground actions here in LA for, you know, all different things that I really believe in, you know, issues with um, the unhoused population, addiction population, Black Lives Matter, like, you know, I really am passionate about trying to do better in the world. And so for me, when I go out to, to those kind of events, and I see people giving of themselves and, and putting so much of themselves out there in order to make the world better, that for me is what really inspires me. Like I, you know, I'm not a religious person. I'm not, that's not necessarily my thing, but when I go out there and I see people genuinely helping each other and like trying to do something, something better for, for other people who maybe can't necessarily do something for them in return, but you're just like, but that's the point, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm out here to just make a difference. Like when I see that to me, I go, ah, that's, that's universe. That's connectedness. That's whatever community spirituality, you know, for me, that fills my heart up. So, yeah, my yeah. cold black heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. even, even my own dead soul. <laughs> I feel like you have probably the opposite of a black heart, uh, which is why you say that you do. Right. <laughs> exactly. I do. I do. I actually I have a really, really big heart. But I also am uh, like I said, I'm sort of an, like a really I don't know. I, you know what? I'm not going to say that I'm unemotional anymore. I'm not a person that like gets upset or cries easily, but when I do, or when it's something that really touches me or makes an impact, like it really does. Yeah. I feel very deeply. 
but it just, yeah, I, 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 my coping mechanism is humor. And I learned that from, you know, in a big way from Bob and Dave and growing up around them and watching them lose family members, lose sisters, lose parents, lose, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And they dealt with it by making each other laugh and making some really dark and appropriate jokes. And I was like, Oh, but, but it helps. Yeah. Like I get that, you know? And so I, that's how I kind of cope with things. I'm like, let's, let's just, like make fun of it you know what i mean like it's so bad let's just let's make ourselves laugh at it because otherwise it's, it'll destroy us yeah yeah i feel that Oof. yeah yeah and plus most comedians that i know are some of the darkest most <laughs> inner turmoil people that i've ever met yeah <laughs> no truly though right. <laughs> it's true it's true like it's comedians true. and i think that's also why i've found kind of my home with comedians is i'm like yeah. oh you're like fucked up and neurotic too. And like having anxiety and depression and like can't get out of bed, but then you'll do it to make people laugh. Oh, me too. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's, I, I, I relate to that. And I see why um, so many comedians are, are sort of um, tortured in some ways. Cause you're constantly taking in like all of the world and all of the information yes. to make a statement about it and to try and take oftentimes things that are very, you know, horrific and and make them funny so that we can cope and deal with them right like i mm-hmm. i look at comedy as actually being vitally important mm-hmm. for us to be faced with and look at things in, in a way that sort of put, releases some of the pressure off of it and makes us laugh at ourselves and at situations um because you know when we take everything so seriously like it just it, there's there's got to be joy in creating change or, or, or walking through something terrible. You ha- that has mm-hmm. to be some sort of release to it. And I, yeah. I find that comedy is that, you know, people go, people watch stand up, people go to comedy shows. A lot of times when they're going through shit in their personal life, they're like, I just need to go laugh. Mm-hmm. Like I need to go let this off. You know, and um, and I, I think it's incredibly important. I think sometimes people think that comedy is fluff or it's, you know, there's drama and that that's like the real acting. But that, you know, then there's comedy that just means you know, kind of whatever. But I, I think it's incredibly important, um, especially today. You know, we need to laugh at ourselves sometimes. Yeah. We're stupid. Humans are stupid. Like We're yeah. very, very dumb. <laughs> and, um, and we yes. really need to be aware of that because if we start taking ourselves too seriously, then it's just all going to be bad. Yeah. I know. It's wild. We think we're so smart and we're so like, you know, when you tend to take that bird's eye view, you're just like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I do it to myself. All the time. I'm like, this is oh. the right way to think about things. Right. An idiot. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear you. We, we we often like I think take ourselves very seriously in our heads and then you know I have a, an amazing boyfriend um, who sort of will make me laugh at myself and I'm like oh my god mm-hmm. yeah you're right you're right you're right you know <laughs> and I think we all kind of need that check sometimes yeah. yeah so I mean even you know we look at like the White House Correspondents Dinner I mean oh, not gosh. Trump but you know like right. when you look at that and it's the opportunity for everyone in the room to laugh at themselves because that's important because if you don't have that, then everyone, as we've seen, takes themselves to be like overly important or whatever, you know, mm. un- sort of like, oh, you can't dare make fun of me. That to me is dangerous. If, some- if you can't make fun of somebody, then that's like, then, then you know, it, it, you're heading in a dangerous direction because we all need to be able to laugh at ourselves. 
Yeah, we all need to be able to make fun of uh, uh, our our country, like the problems in it. Mm-hmm. You know, make, like, yeah. yeah, and you know, and make fun of it while doing something to change it. To you change know what it. I mean? Yeah. Like that's the thing is, like I look at it and go, you know, yeah, I'll be a smartass and sarcastic and make fun of shit all day long, but I know at the end of the day, like this is real life or death shit. Like I've got to go out and do something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I can make jokes and laugh about it in order to like deal with the horror that is you know, whatever America 2021, but like, I, I have to do both things, you know what I mean? Cause otherwise then I'm just the asshole that's like making fun of it and not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm just a person that's like, it's, there's nothing funny about this. You can't laugh, you know? And it's like, no, man, that's the joy. Like that's the, there, you got to have both of those things. I love that you're talking about joy. It's like that, uh, that Albert Camus, uh, Camus quote of one must imagine Sisyphus happy. It's like my favorite quote. Uh, but I love you talking about this, like the, finding that joy and like the, the, the struggle, the like, yeah, the it's a big thing that, you know, we, we've talked about, um, and a lot of the, the movements and protests here in LA is like, you know, finding that joy like yes this is hard yes it's there's a lot of fucking problems but it doesn't mean that you can't go and use shutting down a street and dancing in the middle of it as a form of protest because that's joy and people need to see that too you know and so like there's just different ways to um to do all of that and i i i think we're finding that you know we kind of all need to be motivated and activated in those ways um in order to to get stuff done. Yeah, this yeah. was this is super helpful, by the way, because I think I personally was like struggling with like, oh, how do you, you know, like taking taking this stuff so seriously? But like, it's true. There's there's so much joy to be found and that. Joy in itself can be a form of protest. Yeah, absolutely. Joy, joy, joy is a, is a huge form of protest because the people that are usually oppressing you or or telling you, you know, as women that you're not funny or, you know, as a person of color that you can't do something or that, you know, all of these things like joy is sort of the biggest fuck you is like, Mm. yeah, you want me to not have these things? Watch this. Like I'm going to do it in front of you, despite you. And really, you know, I'm going to keep doing me regardless of, of, you know, what the external forces are. So um, I I know for me as a woman, that's been really important is to be kind of unapologetically funny. And I still get the comments so many times of, you know, misogynistic assholes are like, I just don't, you get women trying to be like edgy and funny. I'm like, good, because you probably have never actually had a woman around you that actually likes talking to you anyway. So you should read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I, you know, I look, I take myself seriously. Sometimes I've been known to tell people to go fuck themselves on the internet, but only if they really deserve it. So <laughs> and I try and do it, try and do it in a funny way, you know, and make it, uh, tell the fuck off, but like in a fun way. Yeah, and I also just realized I've been dropping f bombs all over your podcast. Oh, not fine. realizing it that okay, good. We're, yeah, we're we're explicit. Yeah, we're explicit. I figured. I mean, it's it's comedy girl. I'm like, yeah, if, yeah. if we're doing comedy and we're yeah, explicitly explicit. <laughs> yeah, you have to say fuck. Right. I mean, I am a woman comedian trying to be edgy. So if yeah. I don't say, <laughs> if I don't hear you talk about your vagina in the next thirty seconds, I'm going to have doubts though. Vagina, vagina, vagina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, my, my, my podcast actually, uh, one episode name that my friend and I came up with, um, was boobies, periods, and vaginas, because yes. we said that basically as a girl, almost all conversations, eventually the road leads mm-hmm. to boobies, periods, and vaginas. Like you're just somehow talking about that eventually amongst your girlfriends. 
So, oh, yeah. oh yeah, totally. I feel like uh, we, we almost start every podcast beforehand, going like, "Where are you in your cycle? How's like, your period? How's your period?" <laughs> uh, at least probably once every episode, my my podcast partner and I talk about like, "Oh my god, I'm PMSing," or "I'm hormonal," or she's like premenopausal, and she's like, "Fuck everyone." <laughs> <laughs> it, it always comes back to that. <sighs> hey, we're gonna um we're gonna do a, a section of our podcast that we do for every guest that we like to call "These Are Five Things." Well, we have five questions for you uh and the first question is uh what is your biggest influence my biggest influence oh yeah that's tough right oh man oh i mean i guess it, uh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i'm so nervous oh, oh here's i'm gonna narrow it down in my own brain and you guys okay. are like just answer this fucking question no, no i um i'm gonna <laughs> like for me my biggest i'll say my biggest comedy influence because yes, that perfect. narrows it down yeah. a little bit because there's so many. Um, I would say people like John Stewart, John Oliver, George Carlin, who my middle daughter is actually named after. Uh, her middle name is Carlin after oh the great wonderful George. And God, who else? Um, Sarah Silverman. I mean, there's just so many, like those, those sorts of comedians that really, um, make a statement about sort of what's going on in the world. And you, you know, I was just watching John, um, on Stewart's new show last night and I was like damn dude I want to be that's who I want to be is like the really funny guy in the room that also knows what the hell he's talking about yeah hell yeah yeah as a girl <laughs> right 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 right. I mean maybe I don't know you know I could, who knows where, where I'm going to wind up in 20 years but I think as for right now I just will be the female John Stewart Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Big shoes yeah. to fill. Big shoes to fill, but I, it's an influence. Keeping in the vein of comedy, since it's a comedy podcast, uh, we typically ask what's your worst experience in comedy and your best experience in comedy? My worst experience in comedy. I mean, I definitely like, I, I definitely, I mean, I, I can't think of specific, like, what, I mean, God, I put my foot in my mouth daily. <laughs> <laughs> I say something and I'm like, <laughs> oh, not. <laughs> so like, I don't know, but like my, my, my best moments are, um, God, you know what? I I'm going to be honest. Like the best moment recently, uh, was doing, uh, the, your late night show tonight that I'm that doing that I'm hosting on November 19th, but being there for Ben Glebes and doing get the interview. I don't know what it was, but I had like three lines that just killed it. And like, I was like, oh, my, like there was just like overwhelming, like stand up comedians that were there were like, dude, that was so funny. And like that for me, I was like, oh, thank you. Yes. Like it was such a big moment. It was such a big moment. So, um, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's great. Oh, that feeling is there's nothing better. <laughs> there's really nothing better than the having that reaction. Um, oh, okay. Uh, number three, hype up a friend. Like, perhaps, you know, maybe somebody you're like, hey, maybe you should interview them. Or just hype up any friend that you're like, this person is doing amazing work. You know what? I am going to, uh, I'm going to hype up my my friend Celia Behar. Um, she is my, my best friend, my podcast co-host. Uh, but she is... I, she has one of the biggest hearts. Again, another person who's like, I have a black soul. I'm like, no, you don't, <laughs> asshole. Um, but like, she is one of the most giving, um, selfless people that I know. She's also a therapist and has like a bajillion clients every week that she deals with. And it has not been easy the past couple of years dealing with, you know, being a single mom and her own kids 
stuff that they're going through. And she just gives so much to so many people. And she's so funny. Um, she really, really is. Like she and I, I mean, we make each other laugh so fucking hard. And, and I just, I love and adore her. I think she's a wonderful human being. Um, who doesn't give herself enough credit. So, uh, and I also think we're really funny together. So I, I'm, I'm glad that she and I are best friends because it worked out really well for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really, you know, what's the most important? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heart. Yeah, I love that. Um, that's so sweet because you can hear it in the way you talk to each other. Yeah. So it's just sweet to know that that's very authentic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm very curious to know this. Well, me too. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you've already accomplished so much. What is something you haven't done yet in your career that you are like, that's what I want. That's what I want to do next. My own talk show. Hell yeah. Like, I really want to do that. I want to, uh, you know, I, to do good. I want to be funny. I want to, uh, I want to make people laugh. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that like, I've come so much more into enjoying who I am as as Jody and not necessarily as a character and become so much more willing to share Jody as yeah. she is with the world. Um, that for me is something that I'd really love to do, which was why honestly, like when they asked if I wanted to host your late night show tonight, I was like, Oh my God, seriously. Like, I mean, it literally was, a, it was a dream come true. It was like that. Like, even if I, you know, if I never do it again, anything like it, which I'm not going to put out into the universe. Cause I'm going to sit that. This is my goal. But, but seriously, I, for me, like, this is the stuff I want to do. I'm like, let me, oh God, let me write some sketches, be funny, do a monologue and like interview and like, do you know, do all of this kind of cool stuff. Um, that really is something that I would love to do. Hell so yeah. I, I, you know, if I can just be like Joan Rivers when I'm like in my seventies, <sighs> but hopefully yes. I'll be in that if Kelly Clarkson can do it, you can do it. Come on. Right. God damn it. If Kelly Clarkson can do it, I can do it. Yeah. If Drew Barrymore could do it, then I... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I would love I would love to see uh, you host your own show. Like, I I would love that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Definitely would. I, but I, I, would, I, I would love to do, like, a, you know, a very kind of comedy-centered... Uh, you know, again, like a like, but comedy, political sort of a date, like The Daily Show or, like, Samantha Bee or, mm-hmm. you know, Hassan Minha, uh, um uh, Patriot Act with with Hassan Minhaj, yeah. like uh, th- you know those sorts of shows where it's it's intelligent but it's also really funny. Um, yeah. That I like. I'm like, yes, that's where I come alive. Like that's just who I am. So that kind of stuff for me is really appealing. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude! It's gonna happen. I'm. We're manifesting. Mm. And low key, you're gonna have to uh, at the very least bring uh, bring Maria Felix on. I know she's writing for for your show. Oh my yeah. God, Maria yes. and I, she, I love her and she has written a, some really funny stuff for yes. this show. Yeah, there's, yeah. like I said, there's some great, great writers in this, in this show that I am having so much fun working with. And I'm like, I'm so glad I met these people because Yay. Uh, like, you know, I, I'm a person, I'm like, if I get opportunities to do stuff and I've met people, I'm like, you, yes, I'm bringing you and I'm bringing you. And we're gonna do, you know, like, I love that. That's, yeah. That for me is, is is the fun of this business is getting to do the stuff you love and and bring along the, the cool people that you meet along the way oh totally. yeah all right final question what advice do you have maybe for somebody who's starting out um or is in the throes of it uh doing comedy or or acting or creating what advice do i have that nothing stays this way forever mm-hmm. whatever this way is 
the only, you know, kind of the only, I always tell myself the only constant about life change, right? That's the only thing, like, just when we get into our nice, comfy little routine, uh, pandemic hits. Just when we get in our nice little comfy routine, we lose our job or someone in our family passes or, or we think we're good in this small little bubble and we get an opportunity to do something bigger and that's intimidating, you know? Um, it just, just to know that like, if you're in the middle of it right now, I can guarantee you it won't always be like that, that it will, some days will get better. Some days, maybe not. And some days it will just be different. Like you'll just, it, you, it just won't hurt as much, you know? And that the, you keep going and you keep doing this stuff because that opportunity that you're hoping to create for yourself, like you, you can do it. You can absolutely do it. And it's, and it's about sort of throwing yourself for me. It's been about throwing myself into service work and things that I'm really passionate about doing. And then the, the rest of it just kind of follows along. So just go out, be yourself and know that like the shit that you're in today, it, it'll get different tomorrow, next week, a month, a year. Like you just keep going. You just keep going, you know, because no, nothing is permanent. The good, the bad, the indifferent, it, it's all ever changing, you know, and, and you got this. You can deal with this. Damn. That's what's up. I'm going to cry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> we don't want to cry. Not bad. No. Uh, but yeah, like I, for me, that's what I tell myself all the time. And, you know, I, I have real shitty days. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had, I've had amazing days. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all I know is, is like life will constantly vacillate back and forth between the best and the worst. And I can't get stuck in one place for too long because then when life changes, I'm not going to be prepared to deal with it. You know, I just got to be like, all right, today is today. I'm, I'm going to, I'll get through today and I'll worry about tomorrow and tomorrow. Yeah. That's very Zen. That's mm -hmm. very Zen. I wish I actually was like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it sounds great. And I, and I'm not kidding. I tell myself these things, but my anxiety ridden little sore brain is like, you're lying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Nothing will ever get better. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, no, you liar. What the fuck are you telling people that? For? No, uh, <laughs> this too shall pass. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I, you know, it's true. It will. Like, I've been through some shit where I'm like, this is never, oh my God, this is the worst thing that's ever, and it's never going to get different. And I look back on it now and I'm like, wow, it was really awful. And look at how good it is today. Like, I didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And then I love the idea, like, those happy moments are also fleeting. So appreciate those while you're in them, yes. too. Yeah. I do. I In those moments when I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting to do this amazing thing. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. At, but I got to enjoy this moment right now. So, like, the good stuff, really soak it up and try and be present. Yeah. Like being present is so key, especially with these stupid phones in our hand and like mm. all of the distractions, like just be there, be in the moment and, um, and enjoy the good stuff. And remember that the bad stuff will come and go, you know? Yeah. And it might hurt for a while and that happens, but you can also don't feel guilty for finding bits of joy, even in moments of really dark stuff. Yeah. You know, we all need that. Well, I am finding so much joy and enjoyment out of this this has been amazing it's yeah. it's so cool to have you on you're you're so inspiring um and just thank you you're funny and i'm so excited for your show yeah. uh for yes 
Yes, uh, your late night show tonight, hosted by me on November 19th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, you can get your tickets at NowhereComedyClub.com, and it will be online and streaming wherever you are in the world. So if you really want to get up in the middle of the night and watch me attempt to be funny, you're welcome to do that if you live in another uh, country. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm just really excited to see um, friends and fans you know, out there in the audience, and uh, and it'll be great. So I'm excited for Oh. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, and you were such a badass. This was so fun. This yeah. was such Thank a fun you. conversation. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, no, I mean, at this point, I'm like, this is what you get. Like, I don't have time to do anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look, I, I, I curse like a sailor. Like, I'm, you know, this is who I am. I make yeah. inappropriate jokes. Like, I, I'm passionate about political stuff. I like this. I like that. I really like to wear sweatpants. I don't like to wear makeup. Like, fuck it. This is who you're getting. <laughs> I'm almost 40. So, you know, I feel like you hit that stride as a woman in your late 30s where you go, oh, now I get why all the old ladies are just crazy. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to be out of my goddamn mind. Like, it's, I can't wait for that. Like, I just see my mom and I tell my mom, I go, wow, you just, I go, like, you just as the years go by, like, left fucks, right? She's like, I have zero left again. I don't care. So, um, yeah. That is, you know, and I have very few left to give right now, so it's going to get only better. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to Can't it. Can't wait. Yes, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, my children probably aren't, but that's right. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be fine. Well, thanks again for coming on. It was so cool to have you. My pleasure. So lovely talking to you, ladies. I had so much fun. Oh, uh, thank you so Yay. much for being here. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and I will see you guys in the writer's room of my show. Yes, <laughs> yes, can't wait. See you there. Yes, don't have a name or even an idea, but it's going to happen. No. Uh, but seriously, but thank you, guys. Thank you. you. Uh, thank yes, you. It's been a blast. Oh my gosh, that was so cool. That was so cool. Yo, I uh, think so much to Gil for uh, yes. hooking that up. Gil Barron. Yeah, he's good people. Yeah. Um, but you know who else was good? Jody. Jody, yeah. Jody. Oh, man. What a delight. I felt like, I don't know, I felt like some of the stuff she said, like literally, literally like, oh, wow, I, I I love that. I connected with that so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what a cool, what a cool person. Yeah, I'm excited for whatever talk show she comes up with. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. Like, also, just like the idea, I, like, she is so funny and she is, like, so cool. I would love to see her take on, like, a Jon Stewart type role. Oh my gosh. I would love yes. that. And, like, one where, where maybe, like, she gets to be, uh, gets to be salty, you know? Like, yeah. get to use that salty language. 100%. Yeah, like something that's, like, Jon Stewart, but, like, even, like, darker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. That'd be cool. That'd be so cool. Yeah, def. Well, everybody, make sure you check out her show. It's going to be in two days. So uh, as of the time we're mm -hmm. releasing. So, yes. So get on that. Nowherecomedy.com? Uh, Nowherecomedy.com. Nowherecomedy.com. Yeah. 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 Uh, streaming. Get on that. Get the get on that show. Yeah. Like. The writers on that show are going to be really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You know what else is cool? <gasps> A little period podcast network. Yeah, it, it is. is. It, it is. is. It's it so is. cool. And you should. You should. 
maybe donate to our Patreon. Uh, sign up for that Patreon, babies. Yeah. Get we, that Jackie Johnson ass oil. Wait, no, that's a different thing. Oh, yeah. Leave us a review and some stars on our Apple Podcasts, and you will enter be entered to win the Jackie Johnson Cookie Southern Ant ass oil. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, and if you follow our Patreon, I'm, I'm not even joking. I'll send you a queefing video. I will. You <laughs> better very prepare. insistent this I'm, queefing video yes. is coming. It is coming. <laughs> Uh, good times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, everybody. Also, keep crushing it. <laughs> Comedy Girl Crush was created by Nikki Urban, is edited by Kate Siegel, is produced by Kate Siegel, Mackenzie Mazel, and the Period Podcast Network. Our music is by Rena Hundert, and our artwork is by Ariel Alter. Ariel Alter.